0: Hey everybody, welcome to Midnight Revolution. Midnight Revolution is a podcast celebrating the friendships that anchor us in life and the deeply centering and transformative talks that accompany them. I'm Melissa Joas khan a family medicine physician, entrepreneur, wife, and mother of two.
1: And I'm Catherine Akiko-Day, an art director for film and television, a painter, crossfitter, and activist.
0: Our music
1: is by Alishaba Etube. On today's episode, we talk to Min Um Mundian. Min is a working mom to an active 10-year-old boy and a wife to a person she calls the most optimistic person on the planet. In addition to her professional career, she is serious about her running, racking up 800 miles last year during the pandemic. Min currently works at the Albert Einstein College of Medicine as the Senior Director of Alumni Relations and Development. Prior to her work in higher education, she worked in the sexual assault domestic violence field in New York City. Though Min often has a calm demeanor, she brings a relentless passion to her life and work and is focused on creating equity by uplifting those who are less heard. Today, we talk to Min about the
0: myth of imposter syndrome.
1: Um, Mal, I'm going to let you steer,
0: steer, steer in the ship. (laughs) Well, let's do this. Let's do what we always do. Let's talk about just when we met each other, how we know each other Mm -hmm. and start from the beginning, start the story from the beginning. I love starting stories from the beginning.
2: (laughs) Yeah. The, the, the very beginning, um, you and I met at CMU, right? and i met you through al our great friend um she's like um you know i i try to compare her to things and she is many things and she's like to me she's a rock solid um very loyal and just you know through and through she is what you see is what you get mm.
0: and a great so, friend in that way yeah
2: yeah so many um great ways so I met you through her and instantly I was like who is that skinny <laughs> indie girl that's <laughs> so athletic and so bubbly wow that's to... so interesting
0: I didn't I didn't know that's how you perceive me yeah like I'm so and... so
2: bubbly um so lively yeah that's like <laughs> I'm so lively. um that's how yeah that's how I really met you and our friend circle you know we have Kathy we have Shunan we went to Shunan's wedding
3: together, <laughs> together
2: and edit member honorary member kim who was on this podcast um just so beautiful inside and out right so and we kept up through the years you know through weddings life events having kids so we have this massive uh, um text chain going on every time we have something going on or nothing really mm-hmm. but yeah. just want to you know do shout out and you know share your thoughts and we're always there the, the benefits of technology right mm-hmm. yeah
0: I mean that's so special like I think at some point maybe at my therapist or someone had asked me, like, what do you, do you have like a social support group? And I was like, yeah, I have my text chain with Allison, Kathy, Min, and Shunan, and Kim. Like, yeah, I do. I have that, you know, and I listed some other things, but like such a small thing, like texting your core, just like such a strong and kind of how you're describing Allison, our friend, it's just been there for us, right? Mm -hmm. This group, even though we just met, you know, randomly in grad school, and we're also different. I think that's also kind of funny. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, we're also. Di- I was like, "Who is that crass Korean lady who is so funny? <laughs>
2: she is so
0: funny. She's quiet, but she's not. You know,
2: it is so <laughs> funny. So how cool. We perceive each other. Yeah, I know. And you know, fun thing is, you married a Korean." And yes. I'm married an Indian, so what we, have we call this... we have this corindian babies, the gift to yes. the world. We're, I never a... about that. That's yeah. so true.
0: We're in a special cor- category of corindian the Carindian families. Yeah, yeah. Um,
2: you know, but it just—I don't know. I'm—I passed forty right and the people that you meet now is you're meeting people through your kids you know Mm -hmm. Um, whether you like it (laughs) you meet them through school and that lifestyle that you have and you know all different walks of life but this is just completely different level and you really describe it as like a core support and that I feel like that is that and for me it's also special because i didn't i didn't grow up here right i'm an immigrant i came to this country to study and you know just follow my dream as a you know young woman um so th- without this you know outlet and circle of friends and support system you know that you intentionally really build you know, I didn't walk away from our core group because, for me, it was something I really needed because yeah. I don't have my family here.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah, really
2: lean in because that's you know I I know that um, no matter what I go through, you guys are there to you know think of me and you know it's it's really very therapeutic um, and see everyone's. Kids grow up and you know forming their own personalities and it's just a gift. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, well, tell us
0: that story too. Like about, I mean, I think I know this part of your story, but I think it's probably also so fundamental because the something we wanted to talk about today is is women in the workplace.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: finding your place in you know for your own career, finding your identity as a professional. Um, so, right. so, what was that like decision like? So, starting from that part of the journey, and then maybe even like, take it all the way to to how ha- where you are in your career now?
2: Mm-hmm. yeah, no, you know, I studied uh, violin in undergrad, and as much as I loved music and that creating um, you know, something so universal right you it's a communicating you know um, mechanism mm-hmm. so for me it was just love at first sight like, really but I knew that you know in order to continue that on that path you just have to stay in discipline forever you yeah. know I used to lock myself in a room eight hours a day wow. you know just practice you know, uh, you practice for two hours, go out for coffee, come back. You know, it's like coffee break was like just a secret break. You know, like <laughs> ten minutes, and then you run back because that's how. Don't even tell
0: anyone that you stopped <laughs> playing the violin for ten minutes. Don't even.
2: <laughs> no, and it, you know it, when you play um, classical instrument or when you do pursue that, you know, lifestyle, it's highly competitive. You know, you don't mm. think of that as a thing or, you know, it's just so beautiful, but underneath it, it's really the swan that's like trying to um, do this thing. And, yeah. you know, growing up just, you know, when you play violin, you're not playing flute or oboe or you know it's not just two people side by side it's like rows and rows and rows right and then if you invite your family to this concert you don't want to be the one that's like sitting in the back I feel like that one sentence says
1: so much about you
0: (laughs) And, and the culture around it, right? Oh my especially, especially within Asian cultures, like yeah. you know, yeah. yeah.
1: I was <laughs> I was part of that, man. I was, yeah. I mean, Catherine was Work writing here. her applications, except I didn't love it. Yes.
2: <laughs> you didn't love it. <laughs> I did well, not I loved fall loved in love it. And I, you know, no matter what, um, I just if I like something, I just do hundred and, you know, yeah. the 50% I'm like all in, yeah. you know, whether that's, you know, something that I pursue or even people that I like um,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and family that I, you know, build, it just, I'm like burning myself up, you know, that's another <laughs> thing that I'm, I want to actually talk about with you right. guys, yeah. you know, you have to continue to um, feed yourself to you know give others yeah part Mm -hmm. of you so you know and then I realized this is not sustainable and then I started traveling between undergrad and grad I you know um, after I you know I also majored in public relations so you know that that was something that I wanted to marry you know, what can I do with music and,
3: mm. you know,
2: advertising, public relations. And, you know, um, then I really found out music industry, a lot of, you know, the performing art centers, they're not profit. <laughs> so yeah. then I, you know, really married those two and, you know, came up with, you know, more management and, you know, business running. So arts management was what I, what I studied mm. in uh, grad school. You know, it's, nonprofit is, you know, what it is, and it's so saturated, um, and it doesn't pay well, Mm -hmm. as you some of you know, and, you know, raising funds, uh, development is essentially, uh, you get probably most bang for the buck in terms of just the pay scale. Then I started going into fundraising side of it, and I loved it, Um, you know, it's not a really straight path and a lot of, you know, professionals in this line of business, they don't really, you know, they didn't really fall into this um, thinking that they were going to raise tons of money. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I got really burnt out um, doing so much of domestic violence advocacy work, sexual assault advocacy work. Um, I was really deeply involved with SUNY and CUNY sexual assault policy reform when Como was in the office. Mm. It's kind of funny and yeah. ironic that he did this. Um, mm. But, you know, I was sort of the mouthpiece um, for these two organizations that I worked back to back out there you know, putting out press release and putting out, you know, uh, being interviewed by, you know, uh, media, just representing, you know, there are 50 something uh, rape crisis programs in this state. Mm. And these are the organizations that see victims of survivors, right? Like the survivors and, you know, sexual assault victims. um, And we're the policy organization for Old fifty something, so it just created so much powerhouse, and I was just really in it. But you burn out. Yeah. All you hear about is stories that horrific, yeah, violence done against women, and you know, even men, and let's not forget children. (laughs) So I really uh, pour myself in, and when you work in that field, and I think you know, it's so prevalent. Um, so I wanted to scale back and do something, you know, that's less draining. (laughs) And I think it was showing in our marriage, um, Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. looking back hindsight, Anand was sort of like frustrated. And one day he was like, you know, not all men are prone to violence, (laughs) You know, it's not something that you know would happen in between us. Um, but you think about this all mm-hmm. the time
3: because mm-hmm.
2: you truly want to help people, and you know, not that I didn't trust him. It just I was talking about it all the time. Yeah, you know? saturated.
0: Mean, and and I feel like it's um when it becomes part of your work, it's easy to start being like. And I say this sometimes like, all men are terrible, <laughs> you know, which is not true, right? There's such a diversity of thought and existence, but you know, it's, you can start, start infiltrating your brain, yeah. um, to see the world one dimensionally, which is mm-hmm. tricky because as justified as you are to feel, you know, feel that way, um, can be, uh, it can have like another, another edge to the sword.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it you, you through, you you sort of throw yourself in and um, let yourself feel vulnerable in support of those who go through this. Yes. And it's, it's not easy. And, you know, I'm not licensed therapist. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, at the top of the conversation, I am all in no matter what I like what right I, you know right it's all all in type of situations The so, perfect storm isn't it it really is and you know I think it comes with maturity you mm. you know but fortunately unfortunately we all grow older and hopefully wiser and more mature and after you have your kids and it really changes your perspective and mm-hmm. everyone says that and for me it, it was you know how can I build more financial stability how can I grow and you know be recognized as a leader and I stepped out of sexual assault work and went into higher ed and obviously I'm also drawn to, you know, social mobility and social justice and mm-hmm. all these things. Yeah. I went to work for Stony Brook. It's just, you know, just um, one of the uh, really uh, top public institution in the country. Um, you know, I, wherever I go, I just pluck myself in these little, you know, things and projects, you know although my job is to raise Funds for the mm-hmm. college or university.
3: Yeah,
2: I start my own project and I'd talk about things that resonate with people. And I, you know, I must say, I think you sort of move people to give in in invoking that kind of you know passion because they they see you're so passionate. Right. Now, one of, one of the things that I'm working on now is to really. Reduce indebtedness. Um, you know, students from medical school, right? They graduate between two hundred thousand dollars to three hundred thousand dollar debt. Like, mm-hmm. how is that sustainable? And so, you know, we had to do something. So, I'm working on that at Einstein, where our students graduate with less debt. How can we do it? And it involves a lot of, you know, strategy um and you know just like persistence um and Mm. I've been very successful so last year I got a promotion and you know but these things you know leading up to women and workplace yeah um you just don't get recognized don't get deserving recognition just because you're good at it unfortunately Yeah. or you um you sort of, you know, lead, you know, by example, that I find that that's not the case. And it, it's kind of unjust, it's it, it, it unjust, and it just creates so much frustration, but mm. that's not going to get you anywhere. So I had to really dig deeper, <laughs> to find strategy to make them want to recognize me. So you know, that's where I'm going to stop here. But you know, I'm sure you all, you both, you know, have experienced something like that. You know, you're good. You know, others know that you're good, <laughs> but are they going to really recognize you? Um, mm-hmm. You know, that credit stealing or or because of um, the system, they want to keep you in place.
0: Um, yeah. And I'm wondering also that, you know, highly successful or, or highly motivated Um, effective women, people of color, usually, um, who are really passionate, do you think it's embedded that they, you know, um, won't be recognized because they are driven by their passion, right? So they're not waiting for someone to promote them to do the work. They're going to do the work because they Mm. care. Um, And I think this is what I see in a lot of Women is that they they're good at the work because they care about the work and they care about whatever um, you know uh, group organization community industry that they're working in Um, and they're gonna they do it anyway so you give the work right. to the person that's doing it for free and you don't yeah like
1: we expect that kind of yeah self-sacrificing Charitable. labor yes. right from women in particular and especially. People people of color and so it's like well you're just doing what you're supposed to do so what what more do you need right
2: yeah yeah no so yep you know when when I asked for a promotion um they you know they first said oh my god of course you deserve it you deserve so much and more and everything and they came back and they said here's you know here's a little raise And that was so little, it was insulting.
3: Mm.
2: And they started sort of blaming, oh, HR, and oh, this, Mm. and oh, that. And I said, you know, really, this is not what I was looking for. And after what we have been through as, you know, collectively as a team through the pandemic, think about, you know, the Bronx. Was the epicenter of the epicenter, you know, and it just at every level, you know, our team is such, such a micro level. And then you go all the way to the Bronx and the community and as a city. And this is an insult. Um, and I didn't know I was going to actually say these things, but I made an ultimatum. I said, it, unless you meet my you know, demands, I'm going to have to walk.
3: Mm-hmm. Damn, and, girl. <laughs> and
2: I, I, was willing to, I was willing to go. So I, I told, told them, you know, not only am I good at my job, I truly care, but this is the really threshold. I'm not going to be able to continue on. And, you know, this whole negotiation took... Months and months, mm. and then when I made an oh. ultimatum, they came back within few days mm. and gave everything I asked for. Isn't mm. that interesting? <laughs> so you know, wow. it's, it's just a lesson. And when we talked about um imposter syndrome recently, I think it was like three weeks ago. Um, I started a hackathon when I worked at Stony Brook so essentially you you know spend like 24 hours 48 hours just code these are for like computer science kids you know and you come up with solution you build an app or you know you do fun mm-hmm. things so i started that and um the students that i started that have fan um now they're alums and this is like fifth year anniversary. So they reached out to me. They're like, man, can you come and close the event for us? And I was like, wait a minute, what? So I went and I had, you know, very short speech prepared. And when I walked into the, this library, I only saw, I'm not even kidding, like five women, five female students that are like, you know and then all you see is just like male yeah and how is it you know biomedical we kind of reached the tipping point and we're majority we're getting there you know whether it's equitable you know it's a whole different level yeah
3: Mm -hmm.
2: so then I started talking about just like recognizing these female students and so you changed your speech I changed that. Um, I said, just by showing up here, you know, you really not only you're doing it for yourself, but you're doing it for others because you're, you know, your visibility here and presence here mm-hmm. means more than just yourself Yeah, something new. Yeah. Um, and you need to, you know, like in medicine, you what, what do you say? You see one, you do one, you teach one, mm-hmm. right? You, you do that and I think that's so important. So tell your friends, continue to come back, continue to do more, um, and it's going to pay off. Mm-hmm. So it really is at every level and it's so discouraging how this country is going back not to get political.
0: Get um, political. Get political. <laughs> do it. That's why we're here. You
2: know? Yeah, exactly. And it just, it made me really sad, and I think pandemic really um, regressed a lot of things that we mm. were working on because there, you know, how many fights can you fight, right? Yeah. A racial inequality, there's, you know, pay inequality, there, you know, there's this abortion. <laughs> how how many inequality you know, can you really, you know, be on the front line and fight for it? Mm-hmm. Um so you gotta pick your battle, and and that's that's hard for me. That balance is like after yeah. forty years of being, I'm still struggling. <laughs> what I see, I want to pour myself in. What mm. I I want to make positive change. I want to make you know, um, and hopefully you know the next generations will continue that fight. We'll support them. Uh, but I was just really struck by the sheer number. <laughs> small number of you know women in that room mm-hmm. and you know just connecting back to my promotion and where I was I realized it's not really imposter syndrome when well, if you think about it because by design by default, imposter means you don't belong there or yeah. you don't you don't have the quality You're you fear of um, being found out Mm -hmm. you know despite your inability or you know so but that's not who we are and you know Google I'm not picking on just one corporations but it has a very robust imposter syndrome um curriculum for women female Mm -hmm. engineers And I was negotiating some terms with them for, you know, um, the university that I worked at. And I think it's just just a wrong message. Mm. You know, they don't, it's not, it's not them. Yeah, it's like you're the problem.
0: Yes. (laughs) Yes.
2: I mean, my blood is
0: just starting to like boil as you're talking. It's it's not imposter syndrome. It's systemic pervasive oppression. You know, so it's 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 yes. systemic. It's pervasive. It's sometimes com- a completely intentional
3: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, inequity. Yeah, making people feel like they can't ask, right? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean you have to accept that narrative, right? It doesn't mean that you have to accept that narrative, but just to to acknowledge that the people are pushing against the tide, right? We're swimming upstream to yeah. do this work. To be recognized, mm-hmm. to say, I'm already doing 10 times the work. Yeah. But it makes it makes me, you know, it makes it feel like I can't even ask. Um, people love men's that are working and giving their 150 yep. and they're just paying them the same. People yep. love just, that, you know? Yep. Oh, and they yeah, they sure. want as much as possible for the min's of the world to not know that that it's possible to negotiate your value, right? Mm-hmm. It's not even that you're ex- negotiating extra. You're just negotiating for the value you're providing. They would mm-hmm. love for people to not know that.
2: No, um, for sure. that That is so true. And sometimes, you know, you, you sit in the room and then you hear things where you're like, did I just really hear what, you know, <laughs> similar experience, like, did you? And, but my hope is because you know just because the environment is toxic doesn't mean that you should be the same and it's so so hard (laughs) it's not easy and when I started you know it's just like at the bottom and then work my way up right I have my own team and it is really you know It was like a long ago, somebody says um, this and it's as simple as it's like, aha, you know, Um, and I tell my team all the time, what is good for me, it's good for you. It is good for us, Mm. you know, that you recognize that, you know, and you don't just hide away the benefits. What is sustainable, you know, because essentially what we're doing now will determine what's going to happen next and that will determine the future right mm. it's really domino effect and I'm worried about our next generation you know where are they going to go are they going to have the foundation you know the everything is really bleak, like d- nothing really positive <laughs> you know so if everything is really dark and gloomy and you know sad then you have to be the light and that's why you know I'm trying to treat people nicely (laughs) as basic as it sounds (laughs) you know these little moments that I can be sort of the guiding light in my you know own um the family or at my work you know just that kindness, that compassionate, you know, mm-hmm. um, gesture that I can offer, that's all I can do really. And that's actually good for my mental health. It's not putting up with it and you just, you know, Michelle Obama, you just channel it, you go home when <laughs> they go low.
3: I love Michelle.
2: <laughs> you know, and then that's hard, but um you don't have to, you know, be a fighter every day. Mm-hmm. You know, when you need to show up and really be stern and, you know, make that ultimatum and ready to walk, you really do that. But you don't have to do that every day. You don't have to be rough around the edges every mm. day yeah. um, and kill them with kindness. I try to do that all the time. <sighs> and some, somehow someone said, um, when you meet Min, she's so nice, but when she writes emails her writing is really direct and she is very point by point and she's scary in her writing. <laughs> <laughs> this was like a fighting something that's like a zoning issue in local you know uh-huh. and I was like you don't have to be hostile with you know with, with the stuff that matters face. yeah mm-hmm. I mean I think I, I think
0: you know I love what you're saying I was just going to pose like a counter sort of concept is like, are you worth it as a person of color, as a woman, if you're not nice? Like, what if you're not nice, right? Mm -hmm. There's plenty of CEOs out there that are men, sometimes, sometimes white men, usually cis white men (laughs) (laughs) um, that are not nice, right? But we revere them for Mm -hmm. their work. We revere them for their accomplishments. Um, So can you... As a woman, be not nice, so to speak, right? Is that acceptable? Yeah. Um, I think I have my own answer for that, but it's just there's this a double standard. Um it
2: is a double standard. Like, yeah, no.
0: We're gonna always bow down to the the Steve Jobs. It doesn't matter what he did to people or how he treated people around him. I don't really know the stories, but it's just an example. But we reward
1: um, aggressive, yeah. aggressive behavior from men. For masculine, right, and we we've been right. talking a lot in a binary fashion in this podcast. I just exactly, to point that out, but yes. like we're talking yes. about society's concept of the binary, right, and like society's concept of men, what they categorize as men is yes. like aggression is like re- not just accepted but rewarded. Yes, and the opposite is true for what society deems as female. So, yeah, female. That
2: for... is so true, and yes. you know. We, when I worked in, um, you know, nonprofit, the sexual assault work, this is like years ago, many, many years ago. And we surveyed, um, public high school in New York city. And even then about 50%, they were, you know, um, their sexual sexuality was very, you know, fluid. Mm-hmm. They were, you know, this is years ago. So, um, it is really binary when we were talking about all different issues that you know women as you know cis women going through and women of color going through and then i hope that it, it it changes for our next generation and mm-hmm. it, it, you know in some way when you sort of step back and look so much what's going on and like the southern you know states doing doing away with like you know, even books and yeah (laughs) a lot of these things. Yeah. You know, so it it really um gives me anxiety, but all of this I feel like it needs to come out and people need to know and they you know they can't be hiding away and looking away. So um but going back to what you're saying, you know, it it just personal for me, I am not aggressive. And when I do that, it just becomes toxic for me. And, you know, when I have to be at the tables so the other day, somebody called me up and said, um, can you join this meeting? So I said, um, what is it about? And it was about diversity and inclusion. And although I am very, very much invested in, you know, interested in joining, why did you call me? Yeah. Feels pointed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and before even I joined my current job, they signed me up as a representative. As, you know, <laughs> a, at this, like, a big... Yeah, Yeah, like, no, so, Min, you are, you know... You're the so, brown one. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> wow. So, wow. You know, I... I- I was talking to um, a student who is thriving at Yale um, last year residency. She's black. She's from Jamaica, not Jamaica, New York, Jamaica, Jamaica. And um, she, when she was graduating, basically told her she and I, you know, became closer. And you know, we we text each other and check up on her. Um, and you know she saw me recently, and I said, um, "How are you doing?" And it's like what you said was so true because I told her, "As you go on as a woman of color and black female physician, <laughs> they're gonna just task you with a lot of things, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. this and that and this mm-hmm. more. You know, he, here you go, mm-hmm. you you can do it. You're capable." Uh, and work will find you but the hardest part of your um, you know on your path to success and whatever that is is learning how to say no yeah learning how to say no to things that doesn't serve you Mm -hmm. and find ways to replace these negativity you know and really not consume that negativity mm. so that you don't you know ba- you don't get bogged down and she was like, I turned down so many things <laughs> but I'm thriving I'm chief of residence you know mm. so it, it is you know something that that you don't really talk about and no one really tells you no one really talks about and teaches yeah. you. um that's why this tight circle is so important. Cause you really do one, see one, do one and teach one. Mm. Really, you need to pass it down, you know, pass it up, pass it around, <laughs> whatever that is. Um, so that we, we can support each other and remain in that support system.
3: Right. Um,
0: and I think, I think what you're saying is so um, important, right? Like, like pointing the finger, shining the light on the important concepts. Not everyone sees the full picture, right? They have their experience. So yeah. it's important to share each experience so we can then thread together what's what's the biggest picture we can... Uh, Obtain. This podcast. That's why. We're yeah, doing this exactly. So we can we can say okay, we're not we're not just touching this one part of the elephant to go to that allegory or whatever that mm-hmm. example where everyone's sifting one part of the elephant. And they know what the elephant looks like, but they don't really until they take off the blindfold and they see that they're just touching parts of a whole. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're we're all touching parts of a whole as far as the human experience and as much as we can get to what that human experience is then it like you said what helps me helps you right it helps us mm-hmm. all to to see things okay. that way and i wanted to share this one example of how it starts at such a young age where a person said to their child oh be careful to two of our our kids what my kid and their kid was playing together and their kid is is a boy and and she said to the child um oh be careful with her you know she's a girl yeah
3: wow. um
0: so you just want to be gentle i said they rough and tumble different kids need different things and if she's saying it's fine for her and i'm watching it's yeah. fine for me so she she'll say if it's if right it's rough. and i think that's such a and she said you know i just don't want he's really rough sometimes so i just don't want him to hurt her that's fine. But what, maybe the language we should say yeah. is,
1: why did you put it up to that? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: What we should say is, Hey, it looks like you're, you know, being really, uh, you're doing big movements with your body. Make sure it's okay for that person. Exactly. If it's too rough, I'm going to ask you to stop. If I yeah. think it's really too rough, wow. I'm going to ask you to stop. Right. And, And that's okay. The children are allowed to decide as long as nobody's getting hurt. Right. The Children are allowed to decide, but it's not because someone's a girl or a boy, because what if there's a boy that they're playing too rough for them and they're also a boy. Right. And then the feeling that I can't feel that way. I'm, I'm, I'm like a girl because quote, uh, air quotes, because I don't like this type of play, or maybe I should like this type of play because I am a boy. So this is, first of all, these little things, oh my God, my mind explodes. I have to try so hard to not let my mind explode. And I've talked to men about this too, this concept um, of like, let's not bring in the binary when it's not necessary. Okay. And ninety nine point nine percent of the time it's not necessary. You it's know, sometimes
2: sometimes That's a really good point.
0: You know, we can That's talk like point. anatomical body parts. Okay, there's a distinction there, right? You have a penis, you have a vagina. Those are very mm-hmm. literal things
3: like but that's that
1: doesn't to- escalate into anything else right Those exactly just like it's like a fact basic you know notes about you. yeah. your brown eyes yeah yeah and
0: that doesn't even mean that you're a boy or a girl right no it doesn't and I, mean anything. and I ask my kids that and I, I ask my kids even as young as two um some people feel like this some people feel like this what do you feel like and you know and it might change for them who knows right but yeah but um I just went, like, well, I think it starts yeah. then. That's where I think it starts, no, right? it does start 100%. then.
2: And I, I think, you know, the other day I was driving my son to soccer practice and then I picked up one other kid, um, swung by, and we picked him up. And um, something, something came up and then this other child in the car said, did you know he's gay? Um, some, you know, athlete or someone. Um, and, you know... My son was like, "Oh, I didn't know that," and and this other child was like, "That's why he dresses up like that." So then I'm like listening in Mm this conversation, (laughs) taking Um, it in. Yeah, I'm just like, and I don't want to. I can ask questions, and then I think sometimes questions go a long way. Mm -hmm. Um, you know. So and I, you know, called him out as like, um. Do you, what what do you, did that change your perception? (laughs) Um, And he's like, what do you mean? And um, just because he's gay, did you like him before and you don't like him now? And he's like, no, I'm just saying it's weird. Why is it weird? And he's like getting uncomfortable talking about this. Mm-hmm. You know, they're fifth grader. You know, yeah. they, a lot of body changes happen in middle school, not in high school. So they're yeah. now like thinking and talking about it. And mm-hmm. these are like, um, so, you know, and what Pata said was like, I don't care. So he, we just moved on and we came home and asked him, I'm like, are you, <laughs> and he's like, I don't care like the person can like whomever Mm -hmm. like that's not my problem and I was like yeah that's exactly and but I sense that he may when he goes to school or is playing soccer with his friends and if they make you Mm -hmm. know homophobic jokes Mm -hmm. he may not say anything not call them out Mm -hmm. you know because you know this is safe environment at home and he knows we very knows what to support but when he goes outside he may have different reaction to certain things so Mm -hmm. but tying that to you know when we're talking about you know equality and you know sit at the table and you know we had you know talked about this and when George Floyd uh, Floyd, um, was killed we went to protest multiple times and I asked him this question, do you think if he was a girl, it would be the same? Do you think if a girl was killed, a woman was killed? Um, and he just didn't know. And he said, probably not as much of this, you know, um, outpouring, you know, support. I said, why not? He said, I don't know, but I think it's, they're not treated as same. Okay. And he also said, uh, you know, when that summer, we talked a lot about things. And then I think he listened to some podcasts on his own. And he came home and he said, you know, if you and, you know, my husband, if you guys were born in the past, you couldn't marry each other. You know that? Um, (laughs) And I was like, (laughs) I guess so. That's probably mm-hmm. true. So, you know, he, there's a race, there's gender, there's, you know, lots of layers, you know, and I think about all these, and then it's like your head is like about to explode. <laughs> like, where, how can I organize my own thoughts to make sure that I convey mm-hmm. the right message to the next generations mm-hmm. and um, not make mistakes? And sometimes I'm like so afraid of making mistakes.
3: Mm-hmm. And yeah.
2: I just like, time out maybe we should you know read more about this before we make up our minds can we read more can we you know watch things and you now sometimes he will score more ways like oh no it's too much but <laughs> i think it's important and i don't have answers to everything and there's alexa who's also biased and that's so. that's okay
0: but i think that's okay right yeah showing our vulnerability as parents and saying, I don't know, but I try to, you know, I try yeah. to treat people like whatever with kindness as humans. Um, and I try these things, right. And sometimes I don't know, and I need to learn. And sometimes I might get it wrong because of my own bias and bias is normal, right? We grow up yeah. a certain way. We have a right. certain experience. Again, you're, you're one part of the elephant and that's normal, right? We're not omniscient, Mm-mm. but we're just human. And I think normalizing and, and being vulnerable in that way to our kids is good. You know, I think it's good. And it shows them that I can make mistakes. I have two I thoughts. Okay.
1: Um, one is I, what you were just saying makes me think of Alok, right? Menon who I follow on Instagram and I love them and they're just so eloquent. And something they always impress upon people is that it's more, it's centering compassion over comprehension. Yeah. Um, yeah. That like, yes, it gets complicated and your head's going to explode, but really it's simple, right? And it's like, you don't have to understand me in order to well, want the yeah. best for me, yeah. right? Um, you don't have to ex- quote unquote accept me in order to have compassion for me and want for me to not walk out my door and be physically attacked, right? Um, my other thought is, I can you just say who that person is? Alok Vaid Menon.
0: Yeah, and A L O K. Yeah, and and what their sort of work centers around? Advocating they are a for. poet.
1: Uh, they are Mm -hmm. a poet, a comedian. Um, they're just brilliant. Uh, and their work centers around, um, moving people beyond the gender binary. Yes. Um, and wrote a book that has that name. Uh, my other thought (laughs) going back to this idea of like, why is the onus being put on the people, right? Like yeah. you being automatically put in the, the DEI work, right? Or you, uh, of course you're taking on all this work and not receiving appropriate compensation for it. And the, the, the thing you brought up with Google of like, we need to train women to, to let go of imposter <laughs> syndrome as though, right. As though the, the, the fault, <laughs> all the fault lays with yes. the person who is being victimized. Mm-hmm. Um, And I was recently had a friend who uh, was um, offered a job. She was really excited about it. Um, And then when the offer came, it was like at a weird time. She waited and waited. The offer came at a really weird time. And then she like just accepted it without Mm -hmm. negotiating, Mm -hmm. hung up the phone and was like, Oh my God, I missed my moment, and she was really upset just for that fact. But then there was this added layer of, and I advocate for this all the time, and I'm right. setting back women, right? Like, yes. like this pressure of like if you don't
0: do the stand thing, stand up for yourself,
1: yeah. and you don't fucking lean in, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> lean in, then like you're not only a disappointment to yourself, but you're letting down your whole oppressed else. group right? right like oh my gosh how toxic
2: is that messaging right yeah no i mean you know i had an employee on my team i i've never seen any young woman produce what she did how much she did like she was just phenomenal also I call her. if i give her three things she would finish three things and do 10 other things that I didn't even ask her for, right? Like she's so proactive, forward-thinking, anticipate future needs. She's just like, all in all, just just amazing. And when the time came, you know, through the pandemic, I really fought for her to get a raise when no one else did, Mm. you know, hiring freeze and, you know, everything was just like not moving. And... She got like 5,000, not even like, it's not a, you know. So then she took it and she stayed there for like, you know, with me for another two months and she got up and left, you know, and I knew that was going to happen, you know, no matter how hard I fought and their excuse was, you know, oh, well, nobody's getting anything, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, she should feel lucky, you know in that system where nothing is happening so just be grateful for getting something Uh, yeah Mm -hmm. and when you're not okay with that you know and you have an option to leave I was more than happy to see her go you Mm -hmm. know it's just the loss because the person that replaced her is fresh out of college no experience a lot of training a lot of my time a mm. lot of you know everything and it's not worth it mm-hmm. you know but the system it mm-hmm. doesn't recognize the cost yeah that's gonna they're the gonna have cost. to eat up the yeah, tr- true cost. and that's the you thing just that the we, body lose. In the room.
0: we lose right. the talent right mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you know I- i'm at this med school and they're like we're gonna be the greatest med school and we're gonna change we're gonna disrupt And then three people leave in a year, like you're not going to get anywhere, right? Like you're going to be stuck on that one toxic person's process Mm -hmm. and they're going to have everyone leave and people are going (laughs) to keep leaving and it's going to be a struggle. And And they're like, no new ideas. (laughs) No, (laughs) swat that fly, just swat it down, (laughs) you know, and we're going to get, you know, we're going to get stuck in that. And, and I mean, honestly, that's why I was like full-time went into my business, which I don't regret, but, um, you know, if there were better ways to be involved, Mm -hmm. I would do it. Right. Mm -hmm. I would do it Mm -hmm. in a heartbeat and probably for not that much money.
3: Yeah. (laughs) So Mm
0: -hmm. so if if there were were better ways to like be part-time involved, I would, but they're going to miss out on that. And you know what, like to say, they're going to miss out on me and I have something to give, right.
3: Mm -hmm. Even just to say
0: it out loud and believe it. Is that like A lot of people don't believe it. It, it took me don't years believe to believe it. that they're missing out on me, right? Rather than, oh my gosh, I left and I and I made this huge blunder, and I should be, feel shame for leaving. You know, I'm leaving the students, and I'm I'm sort of giving up, right? So it's easy to also take that perspective um, and say that we're failing ourselves in the system by leaving, when in fact. We're it's preserving. not you yeah, yeah it's not us we're preserving it's you
1: you didn't do this
2: yeah
3: yeah do you know? you know and
2: i think you know that that um that chat group that we you know started this podcast with you know it, it's it's so good you just check in you know katherine you if you want to join that exchange, <laughs> you're more than welcome <laughs> you're invited exclusive to invite session. yeah <laughs> oh
0: my gosh yes, that that's
2: just so good it's yeah. so good
0: I mean the level of humor I do we can know get all, y'all. on text message
3: I'm like how do... <laughs> it is so good it really so... got
0: me through the pandemic mm, I feel like it really that, did you know it, didn't it? Yeah. that and yeah. this with Catherine I mean these yeah. small oh
2: things God. that you start spending cannot... your time on I cannot I was like when I when you had Kim I was walking <laughs> I had like my walk and then I was sobbing mm. I was sobbing like such good tears just ugly cry on the yeah. TV. <laughs> no one really knows why I'm crying yeah but just so beautiful mm. and you know yeah so <sighs> Yeah. So grateful.
0: And, you know, even in, in these trying times or when, you know, the world is telling you to shut up, don't talk, don't act. um, You need your group. You need your cheerleaders to say, fuck that, do what you want,
2: Mm -hmm. listen to
0: your voice, do it. So you need that cheerleader person. And And we're behind you. And we're behind you. We're going to support mm-hmm. you no matter what. And yeah. I think fundamentally that's at the heart of this yeah. quote unquote, you're imposter not alone. syndrome, right. Is mm-hmm. that we're afraid to speak up. People are afraid to speak up. And, and one thing I would say to take home is like, fuck everyone. It doesn't matter what they say.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it doesn't matter that, what they that's say. That's
1: going to be on the, the slide. <laughs> the title of everyone
0: <laughs> it doesn't matter what they say believe in yourself you know you know get down to what you believe you know mm-hmm. sit quietly with your thoughts and trust yourself and you're, you're not
1: it. alone you don't have, not alone like you don't represent everyone who yeah. looks like you it's like you're not alone you have people behind you me too right like we yeah. all know what we're talking about here today and yes Like you've got this, but also you don't have to do it by yourself.
0: And listening to yourself might mean doing nothing, right? Quote, unquote, doing nothing, maybe not taking an aggressive move, right? It might be closing, coming (laughs) inward and being quiet, right? Taking care of yourself. Yeah, Just, you know, just giving yourself that space to be intentional about your feelings and listen to them instead of sort of burying them and moving on.
1: What is that thing you always say, Melissa? There's nowhere you need to be.
0: There's, There's no place no, you need to yeah. go. There's no one you need to be. You're just fine as you are now.
2: Yeah, yeah. Now we we all need to remind ourselves, and you know, for me, that's when I'm running, <laughs> try to survive my eight mile run. That's when I, you know, and simple as just like doing nothing and recharging and reading a book or just. Sometimes it's sit still, you know, you don't need to like do breathing, aggressive breathing exercise. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> breath and, you know, so all of that, we need that. And I'm so glad that we built in time today just to like get into these things and mm-hmm. support each other. And that's how I felt. This is more than like an interview. And, you know, Mal said that, Um it's really hang out and support system what a treat really um, oh. we don't we don't do this enough right? i know oh. so cool i
1: always text Malls after i'm like how cool is it that we get to do this <laughs> that we get to like carve out this time and even mm. when we have our friends on we hear something that like we wouldn't have known unless yeah. we created this vessel right like right. we didn't. never knew that about
2: you yeah you guys are amazing. No, you.
0: You're amazing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: thank you. Validation station. Validation station. You have arrived. <laughs> um, thank you so much. This was beautiful. Thanks, Can't man. Can't wait to put the episode out. Thank you so much for being here <sighs> with us. Uh, All right. friends. That was great. Bye. 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 <laughs> Thanks for listening to Midnight Revolution with Melissa Joyce Khan and Catherine Akiko Day. Our music is by Aliciaba Etoob. Like, follow, subscribe and review
3: wherever you listen to your podcast.